This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. This is a new Media Week podcast. We're sort of continuing the series we've been doing with some people who work for Nova Entertainment. I'm very pleased to say joining us today, Susie O'Neill. Great to be here. Welcome, Susie. Thank you. Now, of course, you're part of the uh, Ash, Kip and Lutzi show in Brisbane. It's Ash, Kip and Lutzi with Susie O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> just, just give us some background. How, now, you're now four days a week, right? Yes. Yes. So, but, I started about five years ago. Um, Mitch Lewis, our sports guy, he was on his honeymoon, actually, for three weeks. And they got three different sports women to come in and read the sport. Myself and um, Laura Geitz and Sally Pearson. And I remember when I came in, I already knew Lutzi and Ash from when I was a swimmer. They were sports reporters with 4BC at the time um, and I think Triple M as well. But So I um, came in and then they said, oh, why don't you come back as a regular, you know, one segment a week, just like a, uh, I think it was like 7.30 to 8. And then Ash said, oh, if you're going to come in for that, you might as well just come in for the whole three hours, you know, <laughs> if you're going to drive here. So I started one day a week and then gradually moved up to two and three and then... Uh, now it's four, and I can't believe that was five years ago. Mm. Mm. Because, I mean, you don't, and I, and I don't mean this as <laughs> in a bad way, but you don't seem like an FM sort no. of morning, which no. I think is the, the attraction of having you on the program. <laughs> I, I really like it, yeah. and, and it's, it's great hearing you work. But was that something you didn't think of? I mean, had you had offers to do stuff like that before? Oh, no, not at all. I, I mean, I did a bit of um, sports stuff for 4BC, um, but no, I never. And even now, I don't think of myself as a FM radio announcer, breakfast radio <laughs> announcer. To me, that's someone. To me, when I think of that, I just think of someone really, really loud and really, really extroverted. Um, and I'm kind of the opposite of that. And um, but I don't know. Well, it's I don't know if it's working. It feels like it's good fun, and the ratings are r- relatively good. So I suppose that equals that it's working. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it really works, I think, because of that, that you're not mm. the stereotype <laughs> for that sort of role. So you sit up and take notice, I think. Yeah, I don't know. The boys are really kind as well. They've been um, really, really helpful. And obviously not many people get to start their radio career on a top-rating breakfast show in a mm. you know, cap- capital city, not a capital city, what a metropolitan city. Yep, yep. So I realise I'm very, very lucky and um, hopefully I've improved in the last five years and I don't <laughs> take it for granted, but... Um, they are really kind, the boys. Yeah, they look after me. Do you find it hard to judge how good you are on air? And- <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I, I, I came from a swimming background, everything was very clear cut, whether I was going well or go, going badly, and that was right down to a hundredth of a second at a particular... Oh, really? You know, like at a particular time. So on the, say, on the 14th of September, the year 2000... Um, I had to do a 205.9 and I would have been the best in the world at that time. I didn't. I did a 206.2 or whatever and I was the second best in the world at that point in time. So it was very, very clear. So everything since then, um, and, and especially radio, was very subjective, isn't it? It's, not, it's hard to, mm. to judge. Because, I mean, not being from Brisbane, um, I don't know as much about you perhaps away from... Your, your sporting achievements, yeah. but it seems like you might have. To me, you, did did you turn your back on a media career at all at any stage when you finished? Um, did you just because you seem quite a private person in a way? Yeah, I'm very very private. I um, when I was swimming, uh, media was kind of a necessary evil. I used to think <laughs> of it as. Uh, I was doing it full time. I needed in- sponsors. I needed endorsement deals, and the way to do that obviously is to get some sort of media profile. 
Um, so I suppose I tried to be more open. I remember, you know, my first interviews and journalists, I was so closed, such a closed book, and journalists would say to me, just talk to us like you're talking to your family. And I'm like, but I am. This is how I am, you know. Um, and I was, I still am very private, which is weird because I, I, <laughs> I say a lot of my private life on air, actually. But, um, yeah, it's a real conundrum, isn't it? I, I, wouldn't, I don't think of myself as a media person, but I'm in the media. And I think of myself as a really private person, but I share a lot of my life with people. <laughs> yeah. Like I heard, uh, I've listened a little bit this week, and I heard you talk about, which I never knew, but maybe lots of people do, that you're on the board of... Um... Or Stadiums Queensland. I used yeah. to be. So, yeah. So have you done, is there much sort of sort of corporate stuff that, that you've mm. done I've, over the years? Yeah, there has been a bit of stuff. I've tried so many different things. So I quit swimming in 2000, um, did a lot of endorsement things, functions, um, speeches, uh, a lot of things that I didn't really in, <laughs> enjoy, to be perfectly honest. Um, I was on some boards then. I was on the International Olympic Committee board, um, so that was a the big Olympics board, which also ended up being eight other different boards um, to do with the sporting organisation. Then I had some children um, in 2004 and 2005 and got off that board and then got back onto some boards and Stadium Queensland was one of them. Got off that board. I'm actually on a board at the moment. I, I wouldn't say that boards are my favourite thing um, because I quite often feel like I don't know enough. Um, you know what I mean? When you're on board, like, you feel like you've got to know a lot of information. I don't feel like I know a lot of things about different things. But anyway, I'm on the Queensland Olympic Council board at the moment, so I know enough about the Olympics, I think, to be feel comfortable to be on part of that board. Yeah, and I guess they like your, your sort of sports pedigree. Mm. Obviously helps them, you yeah. know, to work as a board, especially if they're pitching for things or, mm. you know, they, they want to have representations from all sorts of people. Mm. And you tick quite a few boxes, I'm guessing. Yeah, and I, I take that as a compliment sometimes, and sometimes I think, yeah, they only want me on for, <laughs> for my name, um, not for my expertise, you know what I mean? But, but that's um, sort of okay but too, yeah. I guess, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, okay. Well, it might be good oh, though, actually, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to do too much homework or exactly, something. Exactly, you don't have to need to know anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless everyone won't get her to read this, <laughs> yeah. you know, 120-page report or something. Yeah, yeah, oh, God. Or read the financials or, yeah, right. look at the yeah, right, different okay. things. okay, okay. Did you have... Um, a, so you finished swimming 2000. Yes. Has it changed a lot from them? I mean, that's only like 18 years ago, but mm. like the financial side of it, was that, has it changed a lot as in an athlete? that short time? Yeah. Oh, definitely, and yeah. And the rewards that are open mm. to you and the opportunities? Uh, as a swimmer pe- now compared to back yeah, then? Yeah, because you hear people, you hear people mm. but I think, I usually think of people who are in sports maybe in the 80s or something yeah. and go, gee whiz, you know, it's changed a lot. But but only yeah. now in 18 years has it changed a lot too? Um. Well, actually, I probably went through a really, really lucky period as far as um, making money from your sport. So you, you're we, reading between the lines, aren't you? Is that what, you're asking? what I was dancing around saying, "Yeah, you're rich." You did, <laughs> did, did you make it heaps from from uh, from swimming, and, and you didn't need to get a media career to, to make some more money? Or oh, I'd usually save that. I'd <laughs> save I, that for the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you sort think, of well, what me. I'm earning now is nothing compared <laughs> to what I used to earn. Put it that way. Um, but I don't want to say they earn a lot of money because no, then I sound no. like a complete cow. <laughs> but basically, um, we're having the Sydney Olympics was very fortunate, fortunate for yep. my career. So especially as a uh, – in 1996, I won the gold medal. So leading into Sydney those four years as a current gold medalist with Sydney having the Olympics, it was before the GFC. Um, I was sponsored by companies such as Qantas, Telstra, Westfield, or, you know, all the blue chip um, type companies. So it was a very – 
great period to be an athlete around that time. Um, I think it's died off quite a bit since then. GFC came, what, in 2007 or six yep, yep. type thing. Uh, businesses don't want to spend a lot of money in their marketing budget anymore. So I was very, very lucky to have um, my sporting career around that time as far as making money goes. Sure. And they all say it's not about making money, but obviously um, <laughs> it makes you it enables you to stay in the sport for longer, yeah. which is the important thing about making money. Yeah. But is there still opportunities for you as like a spokesperson for stuff? Do they – or do they – do brands and that tend to more want people who are actually in the sport at the moment or – Yeah, it probably oh, sort of varies. Um, I'm still with Swimart, which is a pool okay. uh, chemicals company, pool, a pool shop company. Uh, there's just not as many opportunities around, but um, people are definitely still doing endorsement deals that are around my era. Gian Rooney, for example um, – I think of other people, but she's worked a lot. She worked. She's worked for nine up in Brisbane for a while, didn't she? Yeah, she's nine she's or with seven. Seven, seven now. and I see she does some superannuation company. Okay, um, you know different things, but um, I can't remember the question now. Yeah, but uh, it's difficult for athletes now to make. I think. A, a so you might have, might have been almost at a peak when you were there. Do you think? I think it was. given it was the the Aussie Olympics. I think yeah. the Australian Olympics really helped, um, and before pre GFC really helped. Sure, sure. Yeah. Did you um, coming coming out of it? What 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 were you? What did you really think you'd do? Did you have a plan? <laughs> no. Did you have a strategy? I had no plan, and uh, so two years was like pretty much a honeymoon period. Just loved it, um, but then I got itchy feet, and uh, you know, I'd always had a goal since I was ten. I'd always been extremely driven. Always couldn't wait to get up in the morning to want to do things and achieve things. So. Um, I went through a bit of a lull, I must admit, around that time. I had children two years later, 2004, 2005, which kept me busy, but um, it was different to my swimming career, so I always, always felt like I had a desire to do something, but I wasn't sure what. You know, I had no skills in anything, um, pretty much. I dabbled at going back to university a little bit. Okay. Um, we are talking about just this this morning, actually, <laughs> with Ash and Lutzi, who I work with. I went to a life coach in 2009, just going, what? Oh, really? Yeah, what am I going to do with my life? And funnily enough, she said to me, um, if you could do anything without failing, what, what would you do? And the first thing I put down was be a famous singer. which, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, But I can't sing. But the second thing I put down was to um, do like a conversation hour, like a Richard Feidler conversation hour radio show. And um, that was back in 2009. Wow. And then the radio thing happened purely I think by accident, my side, I think maybe Ash and Lutzi may have choreographed it a little bit because they were looking for a girl to work with on their show and I think they are having a little bit of trouble finding someone that they clicked with. So I'm just, I just feel so grateful that they, I feel like they really picked me out amongst some people that they knew and guided me into this career that I'm in at the moment. Sure. It's interesting what you say then about um, part luck, part, you know, some idea that you'd like to do it. So I think Margot Robbie was on the show oh, wow. this week, <laughs> your show. Oh, okay, I thought you meant it. I was like, wow, because I wasn't part of that in- interview. Right, no, yeah, but yeah. she was talking about, they were asking her about, um, and she was saying, yeah, look, you hear a lot about it's making it big in Hollywood is luck, and she was saying, no, just about doing the work. You know, oh, right, getting yeah. getting coaches for you know voice coaches, um, you know language if you've got to do an accent or something, and just yeah. working out. She said, "Sure, there's little bits of luck, but mm. it's all about just 
doing the work and, mm. and then you'll, you'll get that role. Um, so tell me, did so you, you got out of swimming, you're looking around. What were your experiences like? You mentioned before media was sort of a necessary evil and you didn't really enjoy it. Mm. You, you've seemed to have kept out of the media pretty much over the years. Is that, mm. Was that intentional or have you just been a little bit boring maybe and, <laughs> and there's sort of... Probably a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I haven't really had a anything crazy going along in my life and I tried to stay away from the um, too many stories, you know, paid stories about my life. Okay. Um, I did a couple of um, stories in Women's Weekly, unpaid, but that's a prestigious magazine, isn't yeah. it? Was, <laughs> um, when I had children, but I've tried to stay away from that. You know, selling, uh, selling a, a certain event or an yeah, anniversary yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, type it. thing. Um, but, yeah, I have led a pretty uneventful life, I suppose. I haven't done anything... Too drastic, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess did that that experience you had of you? I don't know. Did you feel uncomfortable doing stuff? Did you, did you feel mm. self conscious? I mean, things like you know poolside interviews and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, um, I was just always brought up that actions speak louder than words. Do you know what I mean? Like my swimming should um, speak for itself when I was a swimmer, and then I understood that people wanted to get to know me a little bit more. But I never wanted to be. Um, an attention seeker or someone who just wanted um, publicity for the sake of it type thing. I suppose that's why I've gone down that path. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's sort of – I feel like the people aren't that interested as well, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I think they probably are, but, but, but I think yeah. they're also interested in the fact you, you don't push that sort of stuff, you know. You, mm. Like stuff – you said you talk about a lot of stuff actually comes out – perhaps unintentionally on the program, yeah. but it's, you don't go in there sort of trying to push that, do you? The guys just sort of get it out of you. Yeah, it sort of happens. Discuss, yeah. And I kind of feel like I've got a bit more control over it as well. Like mm-hmm. it's actually my voice and how I say it. Um, with especially print journalism, I always get worried about how it looks written down on the paper and, and the bits that they don't, they take out and the bits that they leave in and they can, they can really skew the story, mm-hmm. especially now that I think journalism's... Print journalism's a bit scary. Like I get really defensive if I have to do a print article. Whereas yeah. if it's actually my voice and it's the whole thing, I feel like it's a lot safer. Right. More real. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I don't. I sort of a bit wary of bringing this up because I don't want to alert them to it. But <laughs> does oh. like the Daily Mail listen to your show or anything? Oh. Because because you can. I'm just wondering if you. you no, they don't. Some, I haven't. Because <laughs> I've done I've done um, events with. Because um, some you know what I mean. Some yeah. of the stuff you if you pick out some of the things you've said, you could beat it up into a. Oh, exactly. A, out of context, and it could be you know. Yeah. Clickbait. No, they don't listen to that. <laughs> I, did, I did a function with Erin Mullen a while back, and I remember oh, okay. she, she said some joke about how. And did Daily Mail, I hope they heard that. And um, I read the Daily Mail the next day and they didn't have what she said but they had something else and really blew it up to be stupid. But anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the radio. So you, we'll, we'll go back to that. So you were coming in and hmm. the, the sort of the, the days increased from just, you know, the casual to up to where you are now, four days a week. Yeah. Um, were they always really conscious of letting you just be you? Was hmm. there ever... Nova's always been pretty stable, I, I think, in terms of management and that. Have mm. sort of different programming people ever come in and yeah. wanted to chat to you or they just leave you alone yeah, and just, just realise that what they've got is what they need? Yeah, they just really have left me alone, which is good. And the boys say to me, 
all the time. You don't know how lucky you are. <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are. They go, usually, usually they pull you over after the show and you do all these air checks apparently and they go through everything that you've right. done wrong. And they said, and they just know, and I know, if if someone did that to me, I'll just completely lose my confidence <laughs> and not want to say anything. So um, no one's given me any advice, really. I try and listen and see what the others are doing, and I listen to some other shows um, just to hear what other people say or right. how they do certain things. But thankfully, um, no, I think I've got really good people around me. They don't really say anything. I think you know when you when it hasn't worked as well. Well, they, or, they just sure tell you if it hadn't worked, I reckon, yeah. wouldn't they? Because it's obviously working, so they're just leaving you alone. Yeah. But I think one of the things you know in the media, if it's a disaster or the, I mean, you've got okay. you've had great ratings. I mean, the, the, yeah. the radio market's up here as everybody's tried everything under the sun to try and knock you guys off, haven't they? But mm. you just keep coming back and staying number one. Hopefully we. Yeah, we didn't quite win the last survey, but it was a very small margin. But um, yeah. Anyway, they're trying to they the or that when I say they the boys, I say don't think you know. Try not to focus on that. Yeah. You know, try not to focus on the survey results. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only judge you've got, isn't it? That's the only. I love winning competitions. That's the only thing that you've got, really. But I guess so. Yeah. But it's not the, the be-all and end-all. No, you know, no, and so. of course it's linked to the sort of sales revenue for the station and stuff okay. like that. Does the um, Nova take advantage of you much to sort of, you know, put mm. you together with clients or um, no, they haven't. stuff like that? No, touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do... So we'll cut that bit out, all right, so we don't want them to get any ideas. Eh? Oh, yeah, you better cut that out. <laughs> I um, actually know, yeah. I've had a really good contract, I think. Yeah. So... But, Tell us a little bit about the what's coming up with the Commonwealth Games. Now, Nova's got an interesting deal, haven't they? I think they've got some rights. They've done a deal with Seven. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they've actually got it, but they're the, the radio rights holder for the Commonwealth Games and mm. we're based down here for the broadcast for the... Well, breakfast is here. I think all the shows are down here. Um, so we're recording this too, as well, I should say. We're down on the Gold Coast yeah. and you've got a little bit of a function to sort of, you know, announce what you, you're getting up yeah. to for across April when the Games are on. Yeah. So it's great to be involved with the Commonwealth Games. Um, sort of my favourite competition. You know, the first one I remember seeing was back in 82, the Brisbane Commonwealth Games. So for the radio station to be part of that is yeah, it's, it's great fun. Now you hold, I think, you now you've won... No one's won more medals, nor Com Games medals, than you. Mm, I think that's or, correct. Or you, do you share that with someone? You might have but, to check that. Yeah, I'll check that. But I think well, it's the same with. I think is it the same with the Olympic medals too, isn't it? Uh, my my rudimentary checking. I think mm. no one's. You share. No one's ever won. I'm getting this very confusing. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. But you you've won a lot of medals, and no one's won more than you. I think. Yeah, we can it depends if you're talking. Say. Yeah, gold or all together. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I haven't checked. But, but they're, they're, they're very impressive records. Yeah. There's my sort of awkward way of getting around to ask you, have you kept up to speed with, do you go to any events or do you yeah. keep contact with sort of current athletes and stuff like that? Not a lot. Um, I'm sort of... And uh, do you like maybe just being a little bit removed yeah. from the sport these days? Yeah, I've done a bit of commentating in the last couple of years. I'm okay. back in, she's uh, Delhi, 2010 and... London 2012, which I really enjoyed uh-huh. doing with um, Ray Hadley and Rebecca Wilson, oh, wow. okay. which was really yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting and really a great learning experience for me. So I sort of got up to speed then. Um, but I'm sort of uh, – occasionally they ask me to come along and be part of the team. I'm doing something on Monday, which I'm looking forward to, presenting their swimming caps to the new team members, which will be fun. But 
John Bertram, when he first came, and he's the president now of Australian Swimming, and he's the famous um, sailor, yeah, obviously, yeah. from years sure. ago. And America's he got a f- Cup. Yeah, America's Cup. And he got a few of the ex-athletes to come back and hang around the team a bit. And I must say, I didn't really enjoy that. I felt a bit like a hanger on I felt like okay. I'd had my sort of had my time type mm. thing and it's another person's it, it was you, you don't really have a role you know what I mean like you don't really have a purpose so you feel a bit like a shag on a, on a rock <laughs> um but I, I like being part of it a little bit and I yeah. went to the trials for one night oh, okay yeah okay mm. do ever the swimmers ever sort of seek you out and try and get some mm. you know advice or not really of, you know? not really um and I would have been the same to be honest when I was a swimmer you sort of you spend a lot of time with your coach. Your coach sort of mentors you and you... When I was a swimmer, I looked around at other successful swimmers and tried to role model myself off them. Like, Kieran Perkins was swimming really well. How does, what is he doing? How can... You know, what I got from him is he never really showed whether he was swimming well or badly. He always just looked the same. So I tried to do that. And then Sam Riley, she was swimming really well. And she just trained. Every session was very, very consistent. So I tried to do that. So I think as a, as a current swimmer, it's more the people around you that you see all the time, not just someone coming in and saying, hey, you know, you really need to do this or do that. Um, but in saying that, I've got to give them a speech on Monday, the swimming team. So I'm trying right. to, um, as I said, I'm not really, it's only on the radio, I feel like I'm not really an orator, someone who mm. can really put into words what they need to do or, you know, some sort of motivational thing. But I suppose I'll just talk about my experiences and how I found it. And if they get something from that, then that's great. Yeah, so that, yeah, so you... It won't be too hard to prep for. You won't like have write a formal speech or anything. No, you just for sort that. of what they say, talk from the heart. And yeah, <laughs> talk about that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting you mentioned working with Ray Hadley there because it's yeah. it's a side of him I really like. His sports broadcasting, in particular mm. his Olympic stuff, mm. and it's it's he's not that well known for it, you know. But I think he brings out the best in people he works with mm. when he's at those big events because everybody thinks of him as as a shock jock conservative radio guy. Mm. But I find him really entertaining as a sports, you know. Yeah, and he knows his stuff, doesn't he? Like mm. he, I don't know how he memorizes. And his excitement, he gets so yeah, excited, he gets doesn't excited. he? You know. And he was really kind and as well really um, encouraging and uh, what's the word just. I found yep. him because everyone used to say, "Oh, he's in, he was always in a bad mood," or <laughs> "Did he blow? Did he blow up?" <laughs> did or, he blow up? Or what did he? You know, I'm like, no, he was really nice. Right. He seemed like a really nice person. Yeah. And Rebecca Wilson, the same thing, is also um, kind of unfortunately she's passed away, but polar opposite to me hmm. um, as a person. But I found her so encouraging as well, and someone who really, really, really encouraged my media career. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky to spend a bit of time with her too on mm. one of these podcasts once. Yeah, she was okay. great. She's a great person to talk to. Yeah, that, really you know. good. Yeah, 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 really, really great sports journalist and uh, and uh, broadcaster too when she had the chance. Um, so tell us a little bit about working weekdays on the program. I mean, mm. I'm guessing too you don't have to do too much prep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very lucky. No, you're laughing a lot when I ask <laughs> yeah. you. Well, there's four of us mm. and... Um, I wouldn't say I'm the main three. I'm like the fourth person. So I feel like I can take a bit of pressure off. And I try and think about interesting things that have happened to okay. me, you know, during the day or whatever, or react to what they're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have to do too much prep, which is good. I think when I try and prepare too much, it's not. it sounds a bit fake. And um, I know the boys are always really big on... Um, saying everything for the first time, like not going over things before we talk about them. So quite often we don't really... I don't even know what they're about to start talking about because <laughs> we've got this whiteboard, but it's not really... <laughs> it might just say coach or it might say clown or 
you know, you don't know where they're going to go to and there's no real um, structure. It's like, so it's kind of, it's really interesting. It's kind of just like we're chatting amongst the four of us and you're just trying to work out who's going to talk now <laughs> or sometimes you don't even know who's going to start talking and, yeah, so it's kind of really spontaneous. Yeah, so it all seems to work. So there's no sort of pattern about you don't take it in turns or anything. Everybody just sort of jumps in when they're... Yeah, I would say Ash is the main storyteller and probably the best storyteller on the show. Um, and then I would say Kip is really good at organising everyone and the ins and outs and things. And I'd say Lutzi's really funny. Yeah. And if you get stuck, you can always think of, <laughs> think of something to say to sort of finish it or... Right. Um, just make it more funny. Yes, Or yeah. pay you out or something. Yeah, I remember it was earlier this week, I think, they were talking about their roles on the show and they said, oh, someone said, oh, you, what are we supposed to come up with, you know, original ideas? And someone else <laughs> said, well, that's the one thing, all right? You've got one job <laughs> in this show and that's to have some original <laughs> really? ideas. That's hard, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting. Mm. It's good hearing that sort of internal talk. That's oh, another okay. attraction of that show, I think. You get there's nothing sort of off limits. You yeah. you guys all talk about how you work on things and it's all you like having your program meetings on air and yeah. all, don't you? you know, which which yeah. I think listeners really enjoy. Yeah, I never th- I haven't really thought about it actually. <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, it's good. And I like how we can have a bit of banter. Like mm. I like how it feels like you know, like Australian humour. If you've really good friends with people, you can pay them out. Yes. So yeah. I like how it's like that. And you get, mm. you know, there's you can jump from, you know, quite deep and serious things like mm. Waleed Ali mm. was on the program and this week he was there to talk about gun gun laws, gun controls. He's going to the mm. USA and <laughs> about two-thirds of the way through, I think it was Lutzi then said, oh, but there's something more serious. Yeah. What colours a tennis ball? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a big jump actually this <laughs> yeah. morning when I was listening to it. I was like, oh, wow, because I think of Waleed as really serious as well. Yeah, for sure. But then he flipped... He really and opened up. He sort yeah. of enjoyed it, didn't he? I was he, like, you know? oh, wow, you really thought about this answer. Yeah. And you, <laughs> yeah, I think good. from memory you were both on the winning yellow. side of that debate. Yes. Yellow. Whether the ball's yellow or green. I, I, I don't want to go for it. But I was <laughs> yeah. listening to that thinking, well, it is um, green. But but when you listen oh. to Waleed's explanation, yeah. it really makes sense. Yeah. Obviously the court's green, so therefore the ball's yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And which pencil – that was a really good point. People haven't heard it, so it's probably not interesting to them. But remember he said, if you pick up a pencil, what colour do you paint the ball? Mm. Yellow. Mm. And yellow. And the reasoning <laughs> being the grass is green, so yeah. no one would see the ball in mm. the uh, drawing yeah, yeah. if it was the same colour. Um, what have been some of the highs? Have there been, mm. there been things you look back so far in this sort of radio journey and think, Gee, Yeah, my biggest it? high ever, which was only a couple of weeks ago, is I got to sing with Missy Higgins. All right. And, um, She's got quite a good voice, right? I mean, when uh, you, were, you talked before, though, that you would like to be a famous singer. I think they did you a lot of... That wasn't... You were half serious, weren't you, that yeah. maybe once you thought that was a career option no, for you? No, no, no. No. I, just lo- I would love the attention. I think I would love... Um, it's weird. I mean, I like attention, but I love adoration. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, if you're standing on the stage and there's 60,000 people all cheering back at you. But, um, yeah, I released that song for Valentine's Day. I released a song for Valentine's Day about Cliff, my husband, um, which Ben at Nova ended up helping me write. And then Josh, I feel like I have to say them all the time, produced it really, really well. And we put it onto iTunes and it got to number 22. But... Um, then, as part of it all, around that same time, Missy Higgins was touring with Ed Sheeran, and I've only ever written one fan letter ever in my life. And really? I, I, 
and I wrote it to Missy Higgins, and I was 31. It was around that time I just finished swimming. It was around 2004. Okay. I was a bit lost, um, just had a baby. And um, her, so her first album was really about, I felt like it was a lot about depression, to be honest, and, and going through feelings and different things. So I just loved her album. It shows you how music really connects to people, isn't it? Okay. And so I felt like I had to write her a letter and I put it on a, a card that had a, a picture of myself because I thought they might cut through <laughs> some of the all her fan mail. So it was a picture of me swimming butterfly. Right. Anyway, I sent her this letter, blah, blah. I never got a reply. I wait. I used to go to oh, my... Oh, didn't you? No, I never got oh. a reply. And um, I thought she might reply because I was kind of famous back then. But anyway, she was obviously very busy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I probably seemed like some sort of crazy stalker. But anyway, so just recently, the last couple of weeks... Um, Nova organised as a surprise for me to meet Missy. Well, they told me that I was going to a client meeting okay. and when I got there, <laughs> Missy was standing there. And Anyway, then she played the piano while I sang my song and that, that was a highlight. That's a very long answer, but that yeah. was... Could she highlight. remember getting that letter? She said she can, but <laughs> I don't know if I can believe her. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just... I'm always a bit cynical. I never know if people have ulterior motives. And did she have or... a reason she didn't reply? She said she was really busy, <laughs> that she got a lot of letters. I guess because yeah. she was right up there, but she hasn't been a, yeah, a bet... hit songstress. I thought she might have had time in the, the 10 years after that when she was a bit quieter. <laughs> she, she said it was to, in her garage. To catch up, oh really? Yeah. Catch up on her correspondence. Yeah, but I'm sure she, was, I'm mm. sure she had her reasons. <laughs> did you go through any, I mean... When you were you were really famous, right? Mm. You know, Madame Butterfly, all this stuff. Peak of your career and then it sort of stops. Mm. And you hear other sports people talk about that, you know, um, deprivation of your, yeah. you know. Um, did, did you go through much of that? Uh, more than I would have expected, really? to be honest, yeah. Because I thought I was fairly um, grounded. And um, I think that's why when I was listening to Kath O'Connor's podcast the other day and she said she gets a lot of, what did she say, something about... Her identity comes from her work and for me my identity came obviously from my swimming career and so when that was gone, you feel like you've got no identity and everyone says that's really bad that you shouldn't have placed so much importance on your swimming career because look at you now, there's no swimming career and you don't know who you are. So, yeah, I found it really difficult because I, I felt like I, I didn't um, really live for all the cheering and people saying how good I was but when it was gone I really missed it. I found it hard to stand on my own two feet and tell myself I'm a, I'm a good person or I'm doing well in life. Do you know what I mean? It was a really weird, weird time. Uh, thankfully, it – jeez, I don't know how – I keep thinking now if I wasn't doing this radio job though and had a regular – I love the regular routine of a radio job, what I would be doing and how I would be. Would I be a complete basket case? <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or would I have gone down mm. the path of some of the other – athletes and become a oh, I, don't, I don't want to say it out loud but um <laughs> yeah. but you can think things yeah. don't affect you mm. and for whatever it is but then it just takes over doesn't it and yeah and almost thinking about it maybe sometimes brings it on I don't know yeah I think you can think too much that's mm. why I, like, I prefer now being busy just doing things and when yeah. you stop and you have a lot of spare time yes you have a lot of time to think don't you and mm. but um it is it's hard to transition but you don't really want it to go oh poor me you know I had such a tough life because I had an amazing sporting career it's just 
bit hard at the other end when you have to readjust to normal life, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned the um, Missy Higgins story then and, and you had Delta on this week, I think it was this oh, week yeah. or last week. And, and that's one of the interesting things, your stories about, you know, um, meetings with some of these people earlier in your career. Yeah. You know, and I think the Delta one was you told a story about <laughs> you was at some uh, swimming event and she sang and you yeah. went up to her and said something, oh, gee, you're actually quite a good singer. Yeah. And you weren't sure if she sort of took offence or... Yeah. So... So tell us what... And then you brought that up with her, didn't you? I did, yeah, because it was at an Olympic function um, because she was going out with Mark Philippoussis, remember, back in 2004. So she was... boyfriend. Yeah, so she was at the Athens Olympics. She sang to the team. She's sort of been in and out of the team the whole time. She's Great. got, like, this affiliation. And it was a big event before one of the Olympics, I think London 2012, and she sang all the big... Olympic songs, which songs which I love, yeah. And I went up to her, um, said, "Wow, you're a really good singer." Meaning it as a compliment, hmm. but it seemed, <laughs> but I can see now how she took it. Maybe well, I've been worried the whole time that maybe I offended her because she went, "Yeah, well, I'm a singer. What do you expect?" And I felt really embarrassed that I'd sort of said that to her. So, um, yeah, I thought, "Oh, I'll just bring it up and and see what she says." But she couldn't remember. That particular time, but she said people say that to her a lot, didn't she? About um, yeah, yeah, she did. Oh wow, you're a really good singer. But there's singers and there's singers, and she's mm. she seemed like to me next level live. She yes. seemed better live than you know. I just uh, wondered though, listening to that, would that okay. been like someone watching you and say, "Gee, you won that race. It was fantastic. You're actually yeah. really a good swimmer." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, and that was brought <laughs> and up. And then to you me. could take. Did they or someone? Oh, okay, yeah. so other people have said that. Well, off air. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ash was going. That's like. <laughs> Yeah, he said exactly that same thing to me. He's like, he's like, that's like someone coming up to you and saying, wow, you're a really really good swimmer. And you mm. go, yeah, that's what I'm meant to be. But, uh, yeah. Are you sort of um, – you're relaxed about doing those I – mean, it's not really confrontational, but, but mm. sort of, you know, putting awkward questions to people. Does that worry you? Are you uh, quite relaxed about that or – I don't like doing interviews. No. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, You'd rather be just chatting with the guys. I'd like it if it to... was um, – I like it. I'd like it if I had more time okay. and if it was just me <laughs> and you could build up a rapport and get to know someone and have a, like a normal conversation. That's one part on the radio show I, f- I find a little bit difficult, to be honest, because it's very quick. There's four of us and um, it's, it's hard to ask a, a great question when you've only got maybe one question. But, um, yeah, I just try and pretend to be myself or I try and be myself <laughs> Not even pretend. Yeah. But, and, but yeah, that's one thing I, would, I don't love. Mm. Does that make sense? If I'm being honest, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I, I should ask you too, I'm, I'm sort of interested post-swimming and uh, it's probably changed. I'm guessing it's better now than it maybe was and, again, only 18 years ago. It's not long ago. But um, <laughs> I was just wondering if, if things are different for women... <laughs> Getting a job in the media for a, for a female athlete back when you were sort of out of swimming, mm. was it different if you were for men, do you think? I mean, do women athletes mm. get pigeonholed at all or was it just... I don't think so. You think uh, it's pretty much been equal opportunity? Yeah, definitely in swimming. And I've, I've been no, asked... but I mean moving out of oh, swimming, okay. right? So, so say you wanted okay. to get into the media. Well, do you I think, think a, a male athlete of your stature mm. might have been offered different things than mm. the new or do you think I don't think so no that's what I was going to say I think um, I actually mm, 
or maybe it might have been got, better. Yeah, I think you females might, have got more. I feel more like opportunity. I, well, I think I had more opportunity than say a Kieran Perkins or who else were the male athletes. Just different opportunities. Most of the um, have you even in thought? Yeah, I mean, it's done a few media things. Yeah, most athletes that have gone into the media feel like to me they've been females. Mm. Joanna Griggs, Jan Rooney, Nicole Livingston. Um, yeah. I've never really um, thought about it like that. I know with board positions it's handy to be a female. You, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It, quite often there's spaces for for females in sport administration or board positions or I haven't really thought about it in the media, to be honest. Yeah. Were you surprised? Mm. I mean, you were quoted talking about Don Burke and it seemed mm. to get a lot of lot of traction, a lot of people picked up on it. Mm. Were you surprised that that got mm. Oh, I knew it would be a big a deal. Um, yeah. That was a really difficult decision uh, because um, journalists were contacting me for probably about four months before it broke, trying to get me to come forward. And I'm like, oh, I'm not affected by it. It's been whatever. I was annoyed at the time. I didn't want it to go to air. I felt like no one listened to what I said. I thought he was... Not a nice person. I didn't feel like how he treated me was right. Um, but I don't want to be part of it. But then when when it came out, his employees came out and said stuff. And, and then I saw Don Burke completely just... Brushing um, it off. Brush them off and completely... Almost denying anything that Denying them and yeah. making out that they were liars or whatever. My blood just boiled. Um I was like, how dare he just, you know, come out of this um, not unscathed, you know, and the, and just anyone who attacks him, he just says that they're mentally unstable or blah, blah, blah. So I decided to come forward. I still don't know whether I should have, to be honest. It's a big deal. I can see why people don't come forward. It's such a pain in your life, <laughs> um, to be honest. It's such a pain and I don't know... So sort of what it's intrusive into the sort of because you've set up quite a nice lifestyle, I guess, and then yeah. suddenly it's. I wasn't going to get anything in, positive out of doing that, hmm. and I didn't, and I'm not on. But social. you might have helped some some others. Is that the yeah? Is that the upside? That was the upside, but one, then yeah. yeah, I'm hoping, but it's kind of just fizzled out again. <laughs> but hopefully, people know what he is like, and I and I suppose the point was, no matter whether he was male or female, he was in a powerful position, and he was allowed to do things that he should not be allowed to have done, hmm. and he got away with it because he was rating well, and that really is the thing that really made me angry. And still does makes me so angry that he could just because someone is good at what they they do they are allowed to do other things to other people. Yeah, people think it's acceptable. Except, oh, he's famous, and so he's allowed we'll, to do we'll it. Look the other and that way, is completely yeah. the opposite to how I was brought up. Mm. I'm getting angry now, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I would prefer it just to yeah. Yes. But um, but yeah, hopefully one day, will something will happen to him. Yeah, I mean. Mm. Not much. You haven't been confronted with much like that in your career. No, you? it was really? the only so time. Been, yeah, yeah. That was the only time, and mm. um, yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll let you <laughs> go because you've been really patient with me. So I've really appreciated getting here. Like, I just want to finish up on a couple of quick things. Is there? Mm. Do you mix much with other athletes now? Is there any, like, club with sort of unofficial <laughs> club for, for, little... for past champions and you get to sort of just, you mm. know, share stories and stuff? A little bit, yeah. Not that often. But mm. uh, every now and again I catch up with athletes and we kind of catch up where 
We were. Like Daniel Kowalski, I'm still really good friends okay. with. Um, Andrew Bailden, you probably don't know him. Donna Procter, you probably don't know. Like yeah, athletes yeah. I competed with. Um, the hockey girls, um, some netball girls. So when you see them at functions or it's like you're back where you were uh, 20 years ago and it's – yeah, you always got this rapport with athletes. Did you ever mm. – you never competed in any – is there sort of senior swimming and stuff like Masters, that? Masters, yeah. No, Masters, didn't do, no. seniors. No, no. Not there yet, <laughs> no, right? no, no. Masters. No, no. 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 There no. must have been offers, were there or not? Oh, anyone can do it, yeah. But there's too much to lose, not enough to game. I do some triathlons. Do you still swim? Yeah, I still swim a couple of times a week. I cycle okay. a couple of times a week. Right. I, I've done triathlons in my age group and it kills me because I come about 20th and all these people beat me and it, honestly, I can't handle it. Do you think it's so, an expectation that you would do better? Yeah, I feel like I should be able to... Right. Um, the expectation is your is own, mine, perhaps, But yeah. I haven't done the training, obviously. I just have in my head the athlete that I was but don't, haven't done the, the rest of the work. Yeah. So my ego can't. I mean, you still it. look like you train a bit. I mean, <laughs> I train a lot. Well, for, as well for for my own. Um, I'm a really big believer in physical activity, and as well for my own mental well-being. I exercise every single day, pretty much an, an hour each day. Okay, mm, I love it. Do you do? You don't do any um, training stuff? Do you ever coaching? Yeah, do you mean yeah. Are coaching other people? Yeah. No, no. Okay, no. and there's. I, mean, <laughs> I can't go and buy a Susie O'Neill's guide to. No. Good health or living or anything no. like that? Oh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, sure. we might leave it at that. Look, it's, yeah. it's been great talking to you. Um, Thank continued you. success with uh, Ash, Kip and Lutzi. Thank you. And